Okay, and the hearing is now being recorded. Good morning. This is a public hearing regarding adoption of refuse separation compliance ordinance regulations governing enforcement of Environment Code Chapter 19. The date is Wednesday, June 14th. The time is 11.05 a.m. Please note that the ringing of cell phones, pagers, and similar devices can still happen virtually and is still prohibited. Please ensure your device is silenced. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 1-415-655-0001, entering access code 2595-333-8081, and entering the password, which is SFGOV. That's S-F-G-O-V. When connected, dial star 3 to be added to the speaker queue. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down any other devices. Alternatively, you may submit public comment by email to the Department's Commission Affairs Officer at environment at sfgov.org. Comments submitted via email will be posted on the Department website and will be included as part of the official public hearing file. My name is Kyle Weiner, Commission Affairs Officer at the San Francisco Environment Department. I am joined by my colleague, Claya Cruz, Commercial Zero Waste Assistant Coordinator. And with that, we can proceed to item two, presentation on refuse separation compliance ordinance regulations governing enforcement of environment code chapter 19. The speaker is Claya Cruz, Commercial Zero Waste Assistant Coordinator, San Francisco Environment Department. The explanatory documents are the draft regulations, order imposing fines and penalties, tablet notice of non-compliance in order to comply, and flowchart of enforcement. Kalaya, the floor is yours. Greetings. Thank you for joining today's public hearing on the refuse separation ordinance regulations governing enforcement of environment code chapter 19 ordinance number 300-18. My name is Kalia Cruz and I am the commercial zero waste assistant coordinator at San Francisco's environment department. Next slide. Today, I will be covering the following sections, providing a high level overview of the refuse separation compliance ordinance RSO for short the enforcement regulations, enforcement process, and penalties, and at the end, there will be time for public comment. Next slide. So the RSO enforcement regulations are governed by San Francisco's Refuse Separation Compliance Ordinance, and it impacts large refuse generators, LRGs for short. Next slide. So quick background on RSO, it went into effect July of 2019, and it affects large generators, which account for about 500 accounts that maintain compactor service and or generates 40 plus cubic yards of refuse per week. Refuse is made up of the three streams, landfill, composting, and recycling. Large refuse generators are responsible for 20% of total citywide refuse generation in the city and county of San Francisco. And Recology audits the LRGs at least once every three years, and they compile an audit report of their um, of the audit and submit that to SF Environment, where we process and determine um, what's the compliance for the LRG. 
all new LRGs receive a notice that their property is subject to complying with RSO. Next slide. Oh. Um, apologies, for some reason, the full slide is not showing, but, um, oh, hit advance again, because it's a flow chart. Oh, no. Okay, that is unfortunate. Apologies. We can go back to that slide where I'll just cover quickly. Um, so for SF Environment has a refined process guided by the adopter regulations to consistently, equitably, and efficiently administer the refuse separation ordinance. And since the implementation of RSO, we've developed our internal customer relationship management software to track RSO compliance and record key interactions and steps in the process. So all the accounts that pass are notified and receive a good job letter to congratulate their property's efforts in complying with local zero waste policies. So you would see on the screen if it would have appeared um, what the pass would look like. Um, and for all the LR LRG accounts that fail are subject to complying with RSO regulatory re requirements within the 60-day cure period. Furthermore, and if an LRG does not comply within the 60-day cure period, then SF Environment will pursue enforcement action, which would have been the next arrow. Um, but let's move forward to the next slide. So what you are seeing here is the enforcement process flow for large refuse generators. So on the left-hand side is the best case scenario if an LRG passes their audit. SFE staff will reach out to inform the LRG of the past results and have them complete a survey and close the case. Now for the remainder of the process flow is if an LRG were to fail and um, fail their audit, so for an LRG that fails the audit, they would receive a notice of non-compliance in order to comply, which is that top red box you see on your screen that has the bold outline that says send NONC um, for short. And so that notice of non-compliance in order to comply is sent via certified mail and email, and the LRG will have 60 days from the date of the NONC to comply with RSO. So to comply with RSO requires the LRG to hire a zero waste facilitator for a minimum of 24 months and submit a refuse separation compliance ordinance plan, which I'll go over momentarily. Um, highlighted in yellow is the option for LRGs to request a 60-day extension due to limitations of hiring a zero waste facilitator, which if approved grants the LRG a maximum amount of 120 days from the date of the NONC to comply. If an LRG did not um, request an extension and they complied with the requirements within the cure period, then that would be the sequential um, red boxes that you see beneath that yellow, um, which is LRG submits ROSCOP. If it's completed and if it's approved, then uh, we close the case. But if an LRG does not um, comply within that cure period and we do not hear back from the LRG within that cure period, then we will attempt to contact that LRG via email, phone, or coordinate a site visit. If we do not hear back after the 60-day cure period, then SF Environment will initiate enforcement penalties, which brings us to that thick um, outline on initiate enforcement fines box and penalties would start at the rate of $500 per day. 
After 60 continued days of non-compliance, then SF Environment staff will send via certified mail and email the order imposing administrative penalties, which is the next box that you see um, for after 60 days of non-continued of continued non-compliance. Next, I'll discuss this outcome of the order imposing administrative penalties after going over the slightly different timeline for 100% affordable housing projects, nonprofit food providers, nonprofit wholesale food provider, or a business whose primary source of revenue is the sale of fresh cut flowers. Next slide. So as mentioned, they're just on a slightly different timeline. So what you're seeing on your screen on the left hand side is if um, the allergies that I just listed, um, if they pass their first audit, then uh, within the three year cycle, which is great, and we will send a good job letter and close the case. Now, if they fail that first audit um, during that cycle, then they are granted a six month re-audit um, which is what you're seeing in the yellow box at the very top of your screen. Um, if they pass the re-audit, then we send a good job letter and close the case. But for the properties that did not pass the re-audit, then they must comply with the regulatory requirements within 60 days from the date of the NONC. Um, and so there are a couple of options to address RSO for these types of allergies, depending on their situation. So first highlighted in yellow is if the if it is their first ever audit in RSO history, then they may be granted a 365 day extension to comply with submitting a plan and hiring a zero waste facilitator. And additionally, um, the next yellow box that you're seeing on your screen is if an LRG um, is if an LRG requests a hardship waiver form and they must do so within 45 days of receiving the notice of non-compliance in order to comply and must submit documentation showing the, fi the financial hardships they may incur by hiring a zero waste facilitator. Furthermore, if an LRG does not seek either option, then they will have a 60 day cure period to comply. If SF environment staff does not hear back from the large refuse generator within the cure period, then we will attempt to contact the large refuse generator via email, phone, or coordinated site visit. And if we do not hear back after the 60 day cure period ended, then SF environment will initiate enforcement penalties starting at the rate of $500 per day. And at this point, we are at that bold um, box that says initiate enforcement fine. So after 60 continued days of non-compliance, SF environment staff will send via certified mail and email the order imposing administrative penalties, which now brings us to that blue box um, that I'll dive into in the next slide. So here you're seeing the continued enforcement process. So from the day of the order of imposing administrative penalties, the LRG will have 45 days to comply by hiring a zero waste facilitator and submitting a refuse separation compliance ordinance plan. The LRG must complete this within the 45 day cure period. And if so, then penalties will be dismissed and will close the case. If no action is taken to remedy the violation, then SF Environment will notify the Department of Public Works to issue an invoice. The large refuse generator may appeal the penalties, um, which is what you're seeing in that yellow box, um, and they will follow the appeal process per admin code 100. 
Furthermore, if an LRG does not comply after penalties are collected, then they will begin accruing at an escalated rate of $1,000 per day. The second invoice is based on the second invoice based on the escalated rate will be issued by the Department of Public Works. And if an LRG does not pay the penalties, then possible liens on property due to excessive non-payment. Next slide. So the enforcement process I just guided you through is outlined in the updated regulations, which goes into greater detail on the enforcement timeline and potential penalties due to non-compliance for large refuse generators. Next slide. So I'd like to show you here um, an example of the notice of non-compliance in order to comply, the NONC, which I mentioned is sent via certified mail and email. So um, the NONC includes information on the background of the RSO ordinance, the audit results, and the compliance requirements, which are to hire a zero waste facilitator and submit a refuse separation compliance ordinance plan um, within 60 days of the date of the NONC. Next slide. On the second page of the NONC, um, we provide a clear timeline. Um, what you're seeing on your screen here is the table of um, what are the expectations to comply with the order, as well as what the enforcement timeline would look like if they were not to comply within that cure period. So, for example, today is June 14th and the LRG receives the notice of non-compliance in order to comply today. They would have 60 days to address the order um, and meet the regulatory requirements, which would put them at um, a deadline at August 13th of this year. If we do not have an approved ROSCOP, then they would start accruing at the rate of $500 per day, August 14th of this year. If no approved ROSCOP, um, the order imposing penalties after 60 days of continued compliance um, would bring us to October 12th of 2023. And the large refuse generator would have a 45-day cure period to submit the ROSCOP and hire a zero waste facilitator to avoid penalties collected, which is estimated at um, November 26th of 2023. Um, if no approved ROSCOPs, then first penalties collected um, right after. Um, and furthermore, if no approved ROSCOP um, after the penalties were collected, then um, yeah, penalties would be collected at an escalated rate at $1,000 per day, and then that is to be determined. Next slide. So I've discussed the compliance requirements and, you know, which is to hire a zero waste facilitator um, and just to go a little bit more into detail about that. So, um, you know, it is required to hire a zero waste facilitator and the large refuse generator um, can use a third party service or an internal hire to assist the property and properly source separating their refuse into the three refuse streams. Um, we have seen that having dedicated staff or contractors called zero waste facilitators can help large refuse generators ensure proper refuse separation of the three streams. A zero waste facilitator can provide technical assistance by doing on-site sorting, educational outreach, reconfiguring and optimizing the trash room, help remove contamination charges, and potentially increase cost savings on the LRG's refuse bill. 
So SF Environment values the works your waste facilitators do for large refuse generators. And throughout this process, we provide guidance and resources, um, one of which is we host an annual training um, for zero waste facilitators to um, provide updated information, deliver resources, and hear back from hear from them about the challenges and successes they've experienced being out in the field. Um, we maintain a list of zero waste facilitator, which is published on SF Environment's website. And additionally, we have seen a growth in the industry and which is promoting green jobs and staffing based on the implementation of RSO. Next slide. The second compliance requirement is to submit a completed and comprehensive um, refuse separation compliance ordinance plan, which outlines how the zero waste facilitator will support and deliver technical assistance on complying with San Francisco's mandatory recycling and composting. Next slide. So if an LRG does not um, comply with these regulatory requirements of hiring a zero waste facilitator or some and submitting a refuse separation compliance ordinance plan within the cure period, then we would pursue with enforcement action. And after 60 continued days of non-compliance, then we would send the order imposing administrative penalties. Um, here's an example of what that would look like. And that is sent by certified mail and email and outlines that the LRG accrued penalties of $30,000 at the rate of $500 per day, and that they have a 45-day cure period to correct the violation. Next slide. On the second page of the order um, is this table that, again, just shows a clear timeline um, outlined in the order imposing administrative penalty of the deadline they have to comply and avoid the penalties being collected. If no approved ROSCOP, then the first penalties collected um, would be then issued by the Department of Public Works. And if the large refuse generator does not comply after the initial penalties are sent out, then they would begin accruing at the rate of $1,000 per day. And um, when those penalties would be collected would be to be determined. Next slide. So to be clear, the refuse separation ordinance and penalties are administered by SF Environment Department and the invoice is sent by the Department of Public Works to collect the penalties which will go towards the city and county's general fund. Next slide. In summary, SF Environment Department will provide support and resources to assist large refuse generators to help them comply with um, RSO. We are hopeful that we will not have to escalate or pursue enforcement action against LRGs. We simply want large refuse generators, which generate 20% of citywide refuse, to comply with local mandatory source separation requirements and minimize their landfill impact and increase recovery in their recycling and composting streams. So the table you are seeing on your screen outlines, outlines the steps and timeline for the large refuse generator to comply with the notice of non-compliance in order to comply if they were to fail that audit. And if they do not comply within the 60-day cure period, then SF Environment staff will pursue enforcement action. So with that, thank you. Thank you, Kalaya.
And with that, we will open it up to public comment. Just a moment. Participants who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And before beginning public comment, we'll pause for a moment while the uh, access code and password are displayed on the screen. We'll wait just one other moment while the instructions are displayed before we begin taking public comment. Okay, there are several callers in the queue. Hello, caller. Can you hear me You're now? Unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. Great. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. It's David Pilpel. Um, are you actually? Uh, how many people are in the queue, and are you actually timing, uh, folks, or can we have a little bit of uh, time for some back and forth discussion? Um, there are several other callers in the queue, and we are requesting commenters limit their comments to three minutes. Okay. Uh, maybe. We'll uh, have an opportunity to uh, follow up if there aren't that many people. I'm taking time out from the uh, budget uh, committee to uh, address this issue. So um, some comments uh, here. Um, I found on the website there's an existing uh, regulation uh, with this same uh, regulation number, and um, I wanted to have some understanding of how this new proposed reg uh, relates, relates to the existing uh, regulation. Uh, it appears uh, initially to be some uh, overlap, maybe some clarification. Anyway, if you can just explain how this works with the other, because they both have the same uh, number at this point. Um, I'm not clear on how many uh, large uh, refuse generators or LRGs uh, currently exist, or approximately how many. If I could get a sense of that, uh, that would be great. Um, under the existing ordinance and the existing uh, regulation, which has been in effect for um, about uh, four years now. I'm wondering how many uh, actual uh, notices, um, I believe you're referring to those as NONCs, uh, and orders uh, have been issued, and how much has been assessed in fines and, and penalties, how many, um, or what are you calling them, RSCOPs, uh, have been filed and approved, sort of what's the status of the existing uh, implementation of the uh, refuse um, uh, uh, ordinance uh, here, and uh, I think I asked for what has changed uh, with uh, between the uh, two regs, um, and I think I was going to suggest in terms of the drafting of the actual reg, since the uh, earlier reg actually had um, uh, uh, not the flowchart, but the um, 
uh, a form uh, that uh, those in, in noncompliance uh, must uh, fill out. I was going to suggest that the uh, template for the uh, letters, um, the uh, NONC uh, letter, and then the uh, following up uh, order letter be included, uh, and, and perhaps even the, the uh, what was it referred to, the uh, good job letter, um, be included um, as attachments to the regulation so that um, it's clear not just what the, and, and possibly even the flowchart, so it's clear not just what the steps are in uh, narrative regulation, but in uh, examples uh, by way of uh, a draft letter uh, or uh, template. Uh, clearly, the uh, intention here is to promote compliance uh, with the ordinance um, and uh, appropriate uh, separation and not uh, uh, penalties, um, but to the extent that you need to go to penalties, I think that's uh, provided in the ordinance uh, and the regulation. And just uh, finally, it seems to me that the uh, any revenues um, from uh, fines and penalties should not go to the general fund, but should uh, go to either the impound account or some other uh, account that uh, mitigates the costs of enforcement uh, here. This should not, in my opinion, be a general fund uh, cost, but should be a, a cost recovery uh, item. Uh, those are my initial thoughts, and if there's time, uh, maybe uh, I can get some uh, answers and maybe I can come back with a little more discussion. And thank you to uh, Kalaya, who I don't know, for her good work on this. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your comment. And we do have another caller in the queue. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. Hello, Luis Ramirez, your three minutes begin now. Okay, we can go back to Luis. We do have some additional callers in the queue. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. I just have one question. How are the LRG's uh, representation sourced uh, to ensure that if there is any documentation that's distributed to ensure that it goes to the proper people? Caller, did you have any additional comments? No, I just had that one question. Okay, thank you for your comment. Um, and we do have another caller in the queue. Just going to go back to, um, it looks like Luis Vermeer has, has dropped off her queue. Um, before we close, oh, okay, we have Luis Vermeer's back. We're going to try him again.
Luis Ramirez, you're unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask, so what is, um, if you can repeat for me, what is a large refuge generator? Like how big does it have to be um, so that way this ordinance would uh, com comply to our building or our facility? Caller, did you have any additional comments on this uh, item? No, that's the only thing. All right, thank you. And I believe those were all the public commenters that we have. We're just gonna share the public comment instructions again, just in case anyone would like to comment on this item. We'll display the instructions on the screen for just another moment. Okay, and seeing no additional callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. Um, Kalaya, before we adjourn, is there anything else you'd like to um, comment on? Any context you'd like to provide? Anything you'd like to wrap us up with? Yes, thank you for the callers who left a public comment. I'm happy to address um, most of it right now, some of which I would have to, I'd gladly follow up with you. Um, specifically, we could start off with Pipel. Um, so in regards to the current RSO regs having the same number, um, these reg enforcement regulations are adopted to support the implementation and are, are authorized by um, a San Francisco's Chapter 19 Environment Code. Additionally, um, they are adapted to only duplicate the relevant pieces, but to be read together with um, the code and existing regulations. Um, and I'm just looking at the notes as to what additional comments he left. Um, so how many current large refuse generators? So um, currently in this fiscal year, we have about um, 400, close to 490 large refuse generators. And um, I will also answer um, the last caller's question as to um, what is a large refuse generator. So a large refuse generator is an account in San Francisco that has either a roll-off compactor or generates more than 40 cubic yards of refuse per week. And the refuse that includes composting, recycling, and landfill. Um, moving on to um, yeah, in regards to um, how many notices of non-compliance have been issued, ROSCOPs, no fines have been issued to date, um, but for the other two, I'm more than happy to follow up with um, those metrics and provide that information to you. Um, yes, and uh, there is a three-year report that is submitted to the Board of, Board of Supervisors, which I'm also happy to include in that follow-up. Um, the refuse separation compliance ordinance plan. Um, so that is a three page document that um, outlines how the 
large refuse generator is partnering with the zero waste facilitator to address the contamination and ensure that they are properly source separating their materials. It's just a great um, way to display the plan of action to get them to comply with local zero waste policies in San Francisco. Um, so let's see. And yes, thank you for the um, for mentioning to include the template of the notice of non-compliance and the good job letter and the regulations. Um, let's see. Next comment captured was, yeah, how do we communicate to large refuse generators and ensure that it goes to the right people? So we have contact information that is provided to us by Recology. So that is one method of us to identify who is the right contact. Um, additionally, if that information is for whatever reasons not the right contact, then we take steps to do some research and figure out who is and that can look like us doing a, you know, a web, a web search as to I, um, contacting the building um, to get the right person. And if that's not successful, then, you know, doing a site visit and showing up to figure out who is the right person that this information should go to. Um, I believe that is it. And yeah, additionally, um, I'll look into the number duplica duplication of the regulations. So thanks for letting us know. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Claire. Um, and with that, we can proceed to item three, adjournment. The hearing is adjourned. The time is 11.38 p.m. As a reminder, a copy of the presentation, the draft regulations, the explanatory documents, um, and a recording of the public hearing will all be posted on the department website. The recording should be available um, by end of business today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.